This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to Rams Talk, episode 27. What a win away from home, back-to-back away wins, which is very unlike us. And I've got three really, really good guests with me today to talk through everything that happened on probably our best away day in, in quite some time. So first off, I've got the man that's on this podcast literally every single week, Vic Singh. How are you, mate? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Much better now uh, Now we can win games away. Uh, I've also got Chris Redwood. How are you, Chris? Hello, mate. Good to have you back. Yes, yeah, it's, it's nice to see you again. You're, you're sort of taking Vic's role a little bit now. You're, you seem to be on every week, which is always good. And we've got a newcomer, which is always great, uh, Rachel Clemens. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. So, what a win away at Accrington. I mean, the performance was brilliant. The game was genuine carnage. Uh, so there's so much to break down. Uh, last week, we did it in a slightly different way. Um, and we, we kind of spoke through the game chronologically. And that was because the game was ridiculous. And this game was just as ridiculous. So I think we'll do the same thing. So, Vic, I'll come to you first. So the game's been quite even. Ball gets played through by Mendes Lang. Comes to Asula. Quick step over. Bottom corner. What a finish. I always knew he had it in him. I was saying he's going to be similar to Colin. So, if anything, he's been the perfect replacement, just judging by that performance. We knew that uh, Asula was good with his feet. We saw him at Cambridge. Um, he was good at holding the ball up. He showed a different dimension to his game on the weekend and uh, a really well-taken goal. And then even the second one was even better than that. Yes, yes, it was. And uh, we'll get onto that one shortly. But, Chris, I, I mean, you know, the... The build-up play was brilliant, wasn't it? Long ball comes out to Mendes Lang, drops his shoulder, and he plays an inch-perfect pass to William Asula. Mendes Lang's been special this season, hasn't he? Um, he had a lot of doubters when he was at Sheffield Wednesday. You know, people were saying he's finished. You know, he's he's got nothing left. How good's he been this season? Oh, that it was it was typical Mendes Lang, wasn't it? It's exactly what we need him for. Um, as he said, the ball was pinpoint perfect. Um, he still had, he still had a lot to do, Asula. Um, I think it wasn't an easy finish, but as soon as he was one on one with their with their defender, um, as I say, and it's, that's what you want want your strikers to do, isn't it? As soon as you get a sight of goal, smash it in the, the bottom corner. No one no one was saving that, and I think that one, and obviously the second one, will give him a load of 
a load of confidence and yeah. we'll give um and we'll give manager a bit of a headache when James Collins is available again. Well, that's it, isn't it? And that's exactly what you want. I mean, we've got quite a small squad, haven't we? So to have, I guess, three players now in that position that are kind of proving themselves, you know, you've got McGoldrick, you've got Collins, and now you've got Osula that all look like really strong options. It's it's the perfect headache to have for, for Paul Warren. And I think, yeah, you're talking about, he put it right in the corner. I think that's the lowest shot I've ever seen that's hit the back of the net without hitting the floor. I think that's how well he struck it. It was It was hammered into the bottom corner. And straight after the goal, camera pans to the away end, going absolutely mental. Um, Rachel, I mean, what was the atmosphere like after that first goal? It was absolutely fantastic. And uh, quite a few of us ended up on the floor. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know that sounds about right. Um, it's just nice, isn't it, to, to be actually scoring goals away. You know, it's strange, isn't it, that we, we absolutely. went along without one. Um, and yeah, I, you could see people were people were going everywhere. And yeah, straight after that, we end up conceding a penalty. Um, was it a penalty, Vic? Um, didn't really look like one to me. However, if we go by last week's refereeing performance, the referees have been quite dubious all season. So um, I wouldn't say it was a strong penalty. I could see why he's probably given it. Um, but again, it was it was a good save from Wild Smith on it, and then obviously they get that second one afterwards, and but that wide. So <laughs> I guess this week was our luck of the green, it was our rub of the green, wasn't it? This week, yeah, it was, it was. It seems it's a bit of a game of twos, isn't it? Two Asula goals, two missed penalties, and and Rachel obviously standing right behind that. The guy never looked confident, did he? McConville, he he never looked like he was going to score. He didn't, but from my perspective, there was a lot of away fans trying to put him off. And um, yeah, I think <laughs> he succeeded in that. But it's the most uh, crazy few minutes of football. Um, yeah, mad. <laughs> it was, it was. <laughs> and yeah, Chris, I mean, I, I've, just, I've completely forgotten about it. Um, I've just remembered just then. It was McConville as well that I think a few minutes earlier missed an open goal from about two yards. I mean, when when he sort of, was was running into the box, seemed to have an open net. What were you thinking? Well, yeah, because he hit the underside of the bar, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, let's 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 be honest. We could have been three one down at half, half time. Yeah. Uh, it was absolutely mental. But um, you know, and I do think I do think the away end had a big part part to part to play in it. You know, we we can be a very intimidating lot and um yeah thank god it went for us I, I i am starting to worry about the amount of penalties we are we are giving away though um but yeah it was it was absolutely bonkers but unlike last week it went in our favor so i don't i don't really care <laughs> yeah no i'm with you i think four penalties in two games is ridiculous isn't it it's pretty unheard of actually um, I saw a couple of people, I think Steve Bloom was watching, was saying, when was the last time you can remember that, you know, a team's missed two penalties against us or we've faced four penalties in two games in the past because it, it's so absurd. You know, I, I was thinking about it before we recorded today and I can't think of a single time of any team has conceded that many penalties in, in such a short space of time. So, yeah, you are right. It's something we need to eradicate. But yeah, Rachel, what do you think? Um, it feels like there were soft penalties to give away. So when they didn't go in, it just feels like poetic justice, really. <laughs> they didn't deserve <laughs> to go in. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, I agree with you. And um, yeah, well, we'll get onto that second penalty now. And McConville again, steps up again, looks just as unsure as he did the first time. 
and you know he, he steps up to take the penalty just skews it wide and his run-up looked wrong his body position looked wrong and yeah he just didn't look confident at all and and Vic I mean I, I couldn't be at the game which I'm gutted about but I was watching it with my brother and we were going mental in inside his flat and and celebrating that like we just scored from 30 yards I mean what, what were you thinking when that penalty went wide? I was thinking, thank God, because <laughs> I, <thought, laughs> I, I thought if we conceded, I thought our heads might drop a bit and it might be a bit of a similar situation to Port Vale, but I, I was probably like yours, jumping, I, I can't remember where I was. I was I was moving about when I was watching it, so I was definitely out the house. <laughs> I was probably screaming down Walsall High Street or somewhere like that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was, I was glad he missed that penalty and then literally straight after we go and score, so... It's it's weird how we go from one extreme of having such a poor refereeing display last week with Port Vale to what we had this week. And then it's crazy how the juxtaposition of the look comes into play with it. I mean, this this week we got our look. And even going back to what we said about the away end, we couldn't even really say it was an away end this week because there was more Derby fans than was Accrington. So <laughs> more like a home game for us, wasn't it? It was, it was. And yeah, I know uh, Dom, who's who's on the show a lot and, and presents on Radio Derby, made a made a comment about there being more Derby fans than Accrington fans. And I think the Accrington fans didn't take that too well, um, <laughs> which was quite funny. But yeah, it's it is it's crazy, isn't it? You know, so for a team to miss an open goal, miss two penalties in the space of about two seconds, and yeah, just somehow somehow not score a goal with three pretty easy chances is is good. And you know, you could see the reaction in the crowd to see what it meant. And yeah, as you say, Vic, uh, we needed that look. We've been waiting for that look for for quite some time, and and I think we finally got it. But I think Chris, what we've got to say is. A massive shout-out to Joe Wildsmith because he had a lot of dousers before the season, didn't he? And I mean, the first penalty, he was basically lying on the floor before the bloke even took it and it just went straight to his hands. Second penalty, he easily had covered as well. And he's been really good this season. Yeah, and it's exactly what, what we needed. I think we've been missing a spine for quite a, for, for quite a few years now. And obviously, the goalkeeper's integral in that, in that spine. Um so I know Jake, you're a big Roos fan, or was, and um, <laughs> everyone's everyone's got their opinion on him. But um, I'm so glad we've got someone who he, he he. What I've noticed with with Wildsmith is he communicates a lot better than we've had um, than we've had previously, and I, and I do include. Um, you'll have to forgive me. What's the name of of our keeper? Last also. Also, yeah, exactly. He, um, it's not been that long, does, Chris. <laughs> I don't, it feels like it, um, but he does. He does communicate well, and he's got the confidence of his defence, which I think is, is is really important. And yeah, look, penalties—they're a lottery, aren't they? If the keeper saves it, they're a hero. They're not expected to, not expected to save it at all. But I think everything was in our favour yesterday. He was kicking against the the away fans. Um, and yeah, they weren't good penalties at all. I think um, I think even Roos would have saved that first one. So yeah, <laughs> let's not be hasty, yeah, he, he, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> let's not be hasty. But no, he, he's he, he's had he's had a good start this season, and long may it continue. Yeah, yeah, let's hope so. And I think it's nice as well. I mean, we've not just got Wildsmith; we've got Anang, who we've not even seen play for us yet, but. From what we have seen, he, he seems like a, a decent keeper as well. So it'll be interesting when he comes back to see uh, to see who keeps the shirt because there's nothing wrong with having two two good keepers fighting for it. But 
I mean, Rachel, I know I keep asking you because you were right behind that goal, that entire game. You know, that penalty goes wide. I've I've never seen celebrations like that for something that's not a goal before. Yeah, it was fantastic. It, it did feel like we had scored and, uh, yeah, we, we all went nuts and there was a lot of people on the deck. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was it's really good to, to have a goalkeeper that we're confident about and it's nice to hear some chants about a goalkeeper for once. We're all singing Wild Smith in the middle of our goal. <laughs> so, yeah, it's nice. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Do, apart from the Roos chant, which was the most generic chant, I think. Of, oh, it wasn't even a chant, you just say Roos. Yeah. bit like Poom. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If we, if we had another goalkeeper chant? That's what I mean. I None. thought it was quite nice to have one. Yeah. None that we can say on here, Jake. Yes, yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> Didn't even think about that. Yeah, we, we do not have one that we can say on here. But yeah, it's, it's nice to have a keeper that we can depend on, isn't it? But... Absolutely. That sort of that takes us into the second half, and you know this is oh no, it doesn't. What am I on it about? It does not. <laughs> it does not. William Asula, sorry Asula, I can't believe I forgot about that, mate. Um, yeah, I mean, literally seconds later, they take kick off. Curtis Davis with a, a perfect ball. De Bruyne would be watching that left-footed pass from Curtis Davis straight into the path. I mean, he meant it. He wasn't even looking, but he meant it. He knew Asula was running through on goal takes it down, chests it down on the half or quarter volley, bottom corner, again, unstoppable, Vixing. I mean, he, he looked good, didn't he? Yes, he, look, he looks the he looks the complete package. I'm re- I was really impressed with him before the Aquitan game, and I think the goals is just going to shoot his confidence sky high. And uh, better, better watch out for Curtis. Uh, City might sign him with a pass like that, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really impressed with the Sula. Uh, long may that continue. Yeah, yeah, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. And, you know, as I've said already, uh, Warren's been in charge for, what, three league games now? Collins has scored three in two games. Asulu's scored two in one start. I mean, that's hardly a bad start for your strikers, is it? So, yeah, I think we can take a lot of confidence from that. And, I mean, Chris, we've talked a little bit about the finish. It's another glorious finish, isn't it, from William Asulu? It is. We, it's the sort of miss, the sort sort of finish that we've been missing. We really have. I don't, you know, in terms of goal scorers we've had that just seem so natural. I don't remember anyone better since since we've since we've had Vidra in mm. one in 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 one game. Literally, the quality was um, fantastic. And you know, I don't think we can we, we can um, forget Dobbin as well. I think he played a massive role the whole the whole game. Um, it was obvious that, you know, Paul Warney likes playing a front front two and one striker sort of sacrifices themselves and makes the makes the decoy runs. Um and Dobbin did that brilliantly um yesterday. Um but yeah, look Sula, if he can keep doing that for us this season with Collins, God, who knows? Who knows, Jake? I'm expecting forty goals each. Uh anything less is a failure at this point. So Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, it's great, isn't it? And and what a way to sort of end the half. And I think all of those things happen in the space of what, something stupid like four minutes or something like that. Open goal missed, two penalties missed, and then we go down the other end and score. So, yeah, I think what Vic was on about with luck, I think we, uh, we finally got ours. 
And, you know, we go into the second half, players are playing full of confidence. We're getting loads and loads of chances. I think probably the pick of the chances is the William Asula chance where, you know, Mendes Lang bursting down the line again, puts it across and and how close is Asula, Rachel, to putting that in the back of the net? So close. And I was gutted for him. I was really hoping he'd get his hat trick and, uh, yeah, to see him subbed off later before he managed to get it. I think he was a little bit gutted, but uh, he did get a lovely um, sort of, and innovation and a good chant as he was leaving the, the, the game. So, yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, actually, because you've got that great video, haven't you, of um, of, of Asula coming off and the whole stand chanting his name. And yeah. it must be great, mustn't it, for, for you know, a player so young to have so many fans behind him. Absolutely. It's a great chant. Um, and yeah. he was doing a little dance as he was leaving. So, yeah, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always good to see players enjoying themselves, isn't it? And um, yeah, I guess we, we had a couple more chances before the end. I mean, we could probably could have won five or six nil, couldn't we? Um, but Vic, I think the an, another flurry of chances we had towards the end. Um, Barkays, and obviously before he, he found the back of the net himself, had a two one on ones which he just couldn't get his toe onto, and that's the sort of exciting counter-attack, isn't it, that, that we should maybe come to expect under Paul Warren? Yeah, I think that's that's one ball all over, isn't it, really? the counter-attack style that sort of really uh, got up uh, Accrington Stanley's boss's uh, nose, didn't it? That? Yeah, I don't know if you've seen his interview afterwards. But um, yeah, we controlled the game really well, saw the game out. Um, I think a special mention, special mention should go to Sibley, actually. I heard Sibley play the game of his life yesterday, mm. um, and it's probably what he needed as well. Uh, just because, as we know, our midfield is quite, um, quite... We've got a plethora of midfielders, haven't we? Yeah. And I think Sibley needed a performance like that just to get his confidence up. Um, and again, with Horan being injured, it might have been a blessing in disguise for him. And Barkhausen scores a Barkhausen-type goal. Um, mm-hmm. I'm happy for him, actually, because I think sometimes his work goes unnoticed and he probably needed the goal just to get his confidence up because I don't think he'd scored prior to that. I think Mansfield away was the last time he scored. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so yeah, I think it was uh, overall a good performance. Three points, a clean sheet. What more can you ask for on a Saturday? Exactly, exactly. And, you know, just to touch on uh, the Barquets and Sibley points, you know, we score right at the death, what, 98th minute or something ridiculous like that. Hit them on the counter-attack again, uh, because that appears to be what we do now. Sibley just runs past two players pretty easily. Keeper makes a good save and, and Barquesen taps in. And Chris, you know, we saw a couple of times beforehand, Barquesen making runs down the line in, what, the 95th minute, which, you know, you'd be surprised if you made them in the 10th minute and he, he's still fighting for everything now. How much do you deserve that goal? Oh, hugely. I think um, he's come under a bit of stick this season, Burkhausen, because he hasn't got the goals. Um, but he, he worked really, really hard. You know, he's not a, he's not a Mendes Lang. He's not going to bust his way through through three or four players and whip a ball in. But, you know, he's, he, he really does um, help the whole, the whole squad. Um, and, yeah, he deserves that. And I think that might just be the confidence boost he needed. We know it's we, we know he scored in the um in the, in the, the Pizza Cup, but I think getting his first league goal yeah. um will be really, really crucial for him. And I say I don't think he's deserved the stick that he's that he's got. I really don't. He does a lot of work off off the ball that people don't really see. 
Um, yeah, really, really pleased for him. And hopefully it's the first of 10 this season. That'd be nice, <laughs> wouldn't it? I hope so. I know Jamie, who's the other host of this show, put Barcazin down as his top scorer for this season. So uh, I think he'll be hoping. What does he know? Exactly. What does he know? And uh, yeah, I think he'll be hoping for probably another 20 (laughs) following this one. But you're absolutely right. I mean, the the work that he puts in is is brilliant. And for a player that hates playing wingback so much, he's he's pretty good at it, uh, which I think will give, um, give Paul Warren a lot of I don't even know what word I'm looking for here, but I think it'll make him happy because, you know, you've got defenders fighting for every ball. But yeah, Chris, what, what do you want to say? I just want to say as well, um, you know, Hurahan came in, is this, you know, going to be a world beater in, in League in League One? I think, to be honest, look, watching the game yesterday, that was the best midfield performance in terms of dominating the ball that we've had this season. And he wasn't in it. So, mm. you know, what does that say? Well, well, exactly. And and Rachel, that gives me a great question to put forward to you. Because, yeah, as, as Chris says there, you know, Hurahan, he's, he's clearly a great player. He's a brilliant player. And one of the things I was most worried about with him dropping out was the loss of his set pieces. You know, his set pieces have been good this year. Sibley's are absolutely spot on yesterday. And he stayed disciplined all game. And he worked really hard. He created loads of chances. Do you think... It's fair if next game, if Conor Horahan is fit, uh, looking forward to, I think, him switch on Friday. Do you think it's fair that Sibley keeps his place? Absolutely. I think he's got to. He played brilliantly all game. And I think um, coming on the back of a, a win, you've got to keep the same team if everyone's still fit. Um, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I don't think Horahan was missed um, yesterday. So, yeah, absolutely. Sibley should keep his place. Yes, I completely agree with you, Rachel. I mean, Sibley was was excellent, wasn't he? Um, and for him to come in and put in a performance like that, when he's kind of been out in the cold a little bit for a little while, and when he does play, he seems to always play on the wing. For him to get that chance in the middle and to shine the way he did in that team is, is good. And yeah, I think teams should be picked on merit. And at the moment, Sibley's the man. So yeah. Well, that suited Sibley a lot better um, oh, playing definitely. in that position. Um, and we could see that he's driving forward all the time. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, well, exactly, isn't it? And I think that's something that maybe Conor Horan doesn't give you. He doesn't. He doesn't drive with the ball. He's, you know, he's he's not old, but he's he's getting to that age where you know he's he's not got that acceleration. He's not quick off the line. He can't burst past players and run through players the same way Sibley can. So, but again, as we've been saying about the strikers, it's great to have options. You know, how good is it to have someone as good as Conor Horan on the bench? Um, it's yeah, it's it's a nice feeling to to finally Fantastic. have a few good players, especially after last season as well, where we only had about four players to choose exactly. from. Exactly, and I've seen that um, there's been some chat online about if Collins is fit, does he come back in? And I think um, Dobbin played well as well. So uh, yeah, we've got quite a lot of competition for strikers, and I think Stretton um, has scored twice this weekend out on loan as well. So he if has. he comes back, there might be even more competition for strikers. I know, yeah, I know. It's it's been quite a good weekend, hasn't it, for the for the Derby Lonies? I know George Nunn scored for Mikolova, Sibulski scored for Matlock as well. So yeah, since his be... birthday. Yeah, on his birthday. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so yeah, it's good to see they're all they're all doing well. But Vic, I just want to hear, I guess, to to finish off this this very long segment on on the game. It wasn't the perfect performance, you know, on another day, those three shots go in. And we're three-one down at half time. How important is it, do you think, 
to the morale of this team and to Paul Warren starting his job at Derby, how important is it that we managed to get the three points in the clean sheet? Oh, hugely massive. And I think it's even more important that it was away from home as well, because obviously our away record the last few years has been very poor. But now we've got back-to-back home in since 1923, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's nice to see us win away. It's huge for the morale. Um, Warren will have a headache now with his options, um, especially coming for the next game. I think we've got Ipswich away. So Ipswich is going to be a really tough game. Um, you could even say it's like a promotion sort of battle game. <laughs> I'll call it that. Um, but it's going to be a test for the lads. And um, yeah, I think it's it's just, just the key thing is momentum, especially in this league. We need momentum to keep us driving forward if we do want to finish in the top six or the top two. Um, so yeah, the three points, massive. The clean sheet is even bigger. Um, I think Joel Wildsmith has been a bit of an unsung hero really this this season. I think... Um, Came in with his critics, but I, I, to be honest, I can't fault him. He's been pretty much flawless every game this season. Yeah, so long may the uh, the hype train continue. As I like, <laughs> I hope you're right, Vic. I hope you're right. And yeah, one more thing before we move on to a little bit of a preview um, for the Ipswich game. I very much enjoyed our, our final back four of Cash in left back, Stearman and Davis at centre back and Chester at right back. I think that's probably the most defensive defence we've ever had in our entire history. So yeah, that was that was quite funny to see. But yeah, right, on to Ipswich. So I've got the table up in front of me. We're in ninth. Uh, we've got a game in hand and pretty much everyone above us. Um, we win our next game. We jump straight into the playoffs. Ipswich are second. They've played two games more than us. They're on 30 points. We're on 20. Chris Redwood, I mean, Ipswich have looked really strong so far this season, haven't they? They have, um, but they've been in League One a long time. Um, I think they are due a a promotion push. Um, but look, it's a Friday night game. It's on it's on Sky. I've got a love-hate relationship with um, Sky, I must admit. But I, I, I think it might be one of those games when we really show up. Uh, they lost to Lincoln yesterday, didn't they? They switched at home. Um, I know we lost to Lincoln, so we can't, so, so, <laughs> so we can't really talk. But um, yeah, I think un- I think under the lights, Portman Road, Sky TV cameras. Um, I think there are going to be a few players there that are going to want to prove a point. Um, and I don't think um, we should go there scared at all. So it could hopefully be a really entertaining game and we come away with three points. Let's hope you're right. Let's hope you are right. And and Rachel, I mean, Ipswich have two players, which will be, of well, three players, actually, that will be of interest to, to Derby fans. They've got George Edmondson, who was, of course, on loan with us a couple of years back. They've got Sonny Aluko, who was on trial with us last season. And they've, of course, got a very, very well-known ex-Derby player in Richard Keogh. Um, <laughs> how interesting will it be to be, uh, to be playing against Keogh again? Yeah, well, it happened at Blackpool, didn't it? And I think he got man of the match that game when we won 2-0. So, um, yeah, (laughs) it should be all right. I'm sure it'll be fine. I hope so. I hope so. And it's a strange one, isn't it, whenever you're playing against former players because it can can go one or two ways. You know, we've seen James Wilson and Morgan Whitaker go the the way we maybe don't want in, in recent times. But 
Uh, Rachel, I, and this is obviously a controversial one, and everyone has different uh, different opinions. And I'm sure all of us in here have different opinions. Richard Keogh, what do you think? <laughs> a mixed bag. I think um, he gave everything for the club when he was there. I think he was sort of Mr Derby County, Leeds Black and White and all the rest of it. Um, but I do think he made mistakes at times in big, big games. Um, he obviously should have walked home, as the chant goes. Um, and yeah, he let himself down, didn't he? And then, uh, I guess, suing the club for the amount of money that he did, that was sort of not very welcome to a lot of fans, particularly with what was going on financially with the club. But then I'm also aware that, um, you know, he's, he's an employee and he's got a contract and mm. all the rest of it. So yeah, balanced, really. Mixed bag. <laughs> it always it always raises uh, different opinions, doesn't it? I think, yeah, you bring Richard Keogh up down the pub and everyone ends up fighting between each other by the end. So, yeah, he'll be interested in playing against them again and let's hope it goes the way it did against Blackpool last season. Um, yeah. more, than, more than happy with him getting man of the match if we get the same result as we got in that game. Um, yeah. So, the fun bit, the bit that everyone always looks forward to, I'm sure, Uh Predictions, Vic, go on. Predictions, goal scorers, details. I, I want everything. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be boring this week. I'm gonna oh. say one-one draw. Just think it's a tough, tough game, tough place to go. It'll be a tough game. Uh, I think the lads will be up for it. I think Asula is gonna bag another. Uh, he's gonna keep his form going. Um, I think we're gonna control the game. If I'm being honest, I think we'll we'll take it to him, but. Ipswich being Ipswich and with a Luco on there, you probably score against the same. It normally is the case. Um but yeah, I'll take I'll take a point to Portman Road. Um but it, what a statement it would be if we got three points there. Oh, absolutely massive, massive, massive result it would be. Chris, go on. What do you think? I just I would just love it to hear on the sky cameras the Derby away end, all three thousand of them singing "Old oh, Bobby Zamora" to Richard Keogh. I think that would be <laughs> that would be the highlight of of my night, honestly. But no, I think um, the extent we need to make a statement this season, we really do, and I think we haven't made one yet. Um, you know, you look at um, Atkinson away, Cambridge away. Realistically, Derby should be winning those those games anyway. So yeah, I really think um, in front front of the cameras, I'm going to go for a two or three one derby. I think Asula's going to bang one in, um, and I just hope we control the game and make a real statement. I hope so. And there's been no prediction of an Aaron Cash overhead kick yet, which I'm I'm very disappointed about because uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought he buried that one uh, buried that one yesterday. Rachel, go on. What do you reckon? I think it'll be a draw as well. I think 2-2. Two, two. I think Asula might get one and I'd love to see Sibley on the score sheet. Yeah, me too. I think he deserves one, doesn't he? It's been too long. Has he scored since Peter? Yeah, Peterborough last season. I don't think he Not has, sure. has he? Yeah, yeah, it'd be nice if he, if he got one. Yeah, it would be. It would be. And yeah, what a time to do it as well in a game that's so important. Um, I oh, I don't know whether to be boring or be ambitious. Vic, you've, I was going to be ambitious and then Vic's at a draw and I, I don't know what to do anymore. Vic's usually... Come on, Jake, make it to all. Yeah, go on, 4-0. Um, I think this, <laughs> this is the week where we turn it on. Uh, Mendes Langwood to, you know, maybe a scorpion kick from Cashin and then, yeah, uh, bullet header from James Chester as well to finish it off. Uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting week. 
Um, I, th- I think we'll win, but I don't think it'll be by that. I think one or two nils probably the best we can hope for. Um, I think if we can sort the defence out over the next week and be a little bit more solid and have some of the luck we've had in recent games, I think there's there's no reason why not. And I've just remembered, I've completely forgot about the Pizza Cup on Tuesday. So we'll do a very, very quick prediction of the Pizza Cup on Tuesday. Man City at home, well, Man City under fives at home. Um, Vic, really quick score prediction. We don't even know who's going to play, do we? Yeah, go on, let's go 5-0. 5-0. Okay, great. <laughs> this is what we want. This is what we want. Chris, go on. Well, it's the week before half our term, isn't it? So I think we'll win 2 or 3-0. <laughs> it's good to hear and Rachel what do you reckon I've got to go four haven't I we've got three and a five so I'll go four. <laughs> four nil I like it and yeah Man City are a good side but you know if we play senior players I'd, 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 I'd expect us to win I think this is one where we can safely say we should win really against any under 21 side it'd be embarrassing if, if we didn't to be honest but I'm going to say I'm going to be a little bit more reasonable I'm going to say 2-0 uh, I think it may be a little bit closer than we think but that's only because we're, we'll be playing a bit of a a bit part squad but right so thank you everyone for listening it's been a, a really fun episode to to record uh, if you did enjoy please do follow us on Twitter at Rams Talk Pod uh, you can follow us on whatever you listen on subscribe like uh, I don't know how every platform works so press whichever button is next to our name that means that you can follow the podcast and yeah guys uh thank you very much thank you cheers jay there's only one jay parker <laughs> the talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year we understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone there's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges honesty is key in any relationship If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them, honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.